This is Got Punctum, a podcast exploring creative practice and the bookmaking process with contemporary photographers. I am Jay Sibella Smith. I created this platform to share inspiration, challenges, and resources on creativity and to initiate a global dialogue. Welcome to our unscripted conversations. Welcome, David and Anastasia. Welcome to those in our live audience and to those listening on our podcast, Got Punctum. I'm not in my usual studio, so I feel like I'm on a game show with this backdrop. Uh, I created the platform, this platform, to share inspiration, resources, and challenges as ideas move into projects and evolve into book form. I hope to engage and sustain an interactive dialogue on creativity. So welcome back, David. Hello. Nice to see you. I'm excited to have you as a return guest and to be together with you, Anna. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's so good to meet you. I have been witnessing the evolution of your work since I was first introduced to it with your series, The Landscape Sublime. I'm excited to have this time to dive into Florida's, all of our Florida's. Florida was introduced to me on a magical road trip with my parents that, com- that actually comprises some of my very first memories. Stopping at the South of the Border restaurant that had been advertised on billboards through several states with its Mexican sombrero-covered ceilings and a jacket requirement for my dad to be allowed in the dining room watching real alligators float by our glass-bottomed boat, being afraid as we drove over the seemingly endless seven-mile-long bridge through the Keys. And my fondest memory is the purchase of a much-treasured flamingo-decorated handbag, which I wish I still had in my possession to this day. Fast forward through multiple business trips to Orlando, SeaWorld, and one visit to Epcot with my kids. I worked on an editorial at Vizcaya, a fashion editorial, and I stayed at the Delano. As the title and this compilation of over 140 images can attest, Florida is a lot of things to a lot of people. This book is a window, a mirror, and a crystal ball, all in one, looking at this beguiling American state. This book creates a visual dialogue by juxtaposing work made by Anastasa Samolyova and Walker Evans, more than a half century apart. To provide context for today's conversation, I wish to note the power of the trilogy at work in the composition of this compelling book. Anastasia, David, and Walker Evans are kindred spirits with shared affinities, observant, curious, and prolific. They see photography for the portal it is, a portal into a land of mystery, magic, and metaphor. 
They are captivated by how photography works its own illusions of time, space, people, and place. Ambiguity is attractive. Scrutiny is their reflex. They each have hungry eyes. When David and I spoke about his book on photographs, I marveled at his ability to read an image from so many vantage points simultaneously. He brings his own brand of wizardry, plus an expert understanding of Walker Evans, to fruition in this playful romp of a book. A palpable synergy permeates. I see both of you in your own way emulating Evans, specifically as he is described by the Metropolitan Museum when they noted, quote, his extraordinary ability to see the present as if it were already the past and to translate that knowledge and historically inflected vision into enduring art, recording the American scene with the nuance of a poet and the precision of a surgeon, end quote. You both share Evans' concern with the idea of photographic meaning being related to context, text, and especially the relationship between images. As you said, David, in a gallery talk on your exhibit, Walker Evans revisited, and I quote, meanings don't jump out of pictures the way rabbits jump out of holes, end quote. Meaning for the three of you is a muse. While in your book essay, Anything, Ever, Anywhere, Near a Beach, David, you're writing about Anastasia and Walker. I believe it is an apt reflection of your sensibilities too. You are each concerned with the deeper truths that emerge from complex and layered surfaces, the shifting equation between image and reality. When we last discussed, or when you and I, David, were discussing your book, we called it the slippery slope of photography. You note in your essay and quote John Berger, he says, landscapes can be deceptive. Sometimes a landscape seems to be less a setting for the life of its inhabitants than a curtain behind which their struggles, achievements, and accidents take place. There is a simpatico that emanates from this book. It reflects a belief Evans held when he wrote, and I quote him, photography seems to be the most literary of the graphic arts. It will have, on occasion and in effect, qualities of eloquence, wit, grace, and economy, style, of course, structure, and coherence, paradox, play, and oxymoron, end quote. Those are exactly the notes you hit in this book. So let's grapple with this curtain of Florida and see what we discover. And comically, I'm surrounded by this curtain. <laughs> Another apt metaphor. But I haven't asked either of you because I wanted it to be my first question, and it's to understand the collaboration between the two of you, if you could tell us how it began. 
Yeah, I don't know if my memory is that good. Uh, well, it began with the previous book, actually, uh, Flood Zone, which Anastasia worked on. Well, I don't know when you began it, Anastasia, but it was it was published in in 2019, which was much more of a book, much more issue driven. It was around climate change, although there are no images of catastrophe or disaster. And I was I was aware of and making, starting to make those pictures. Um, <laughs> then uh, she would intermittently <clears throat> send me folders of images and um, eventually I became the editor and the sequencer of, of that book. And somewhere along the line, um, I alerted Anna to the fact that Walker Evans had shot there from the 30s to the 70s. And uh, I could see there were there was enough interesting overlap and difference between them that that Anna might be interested in Evans's work. Um, and then I'm not sure at what point the idea came along to actually do a book uh, that had the work of both of them. Although there's there's a lot more of Anna's pictures than than Evans's pictures. Um, I don't know, Anna. Am I leaving anything out? <laughs> um. Okay, let's think. The, from the beginnings, the flood zone project uh, proved to be such a fruitful process uh, for me. So I was very eager to repeat the experience in terms of collaboration. Uh, there were, you know, it, it wasn't all smooth sailing by no means, uh, but it also it didn't feel like a one-way kind of road. Um, it, it was very much back and forth uh, over the course of at least a year for for editing alone uh, for the Flood Zone project. Because I began it in 2016 once I moved to Miami. And then about a year later, there was this major hurricane. And I think the images from there um, sort of solidified the decision to turn it into a project because the first year was just speculative shooting. Um, and so then with the Florida's project, um, as the flood zone was coming to its sort of completion for that iteration of the, um, of the series, uh, because it's ongoing, so I, I will revisit and it might take different forms. Uh, but at that time, you know, I had all this excess um, archive, archival material uh, that wouldn't necessarily fit into the environmental theme. But there were a wider uh, range of subjects that I wanted to address uh, and to really channel my feelings about the state. Um, so I had those folders already shot. And then I was very much willing to explore further. Um, it just so happened that with the flood zone, I, I mainly stayed coastal in terms of my geography for the projects. It was coastal, even though I went as far as Louisiana and Georgia, but I omitted large um, portions of Florida for, um, for the reasons of just being um, careful with my time and the delivering material. So then with, with the Floridas, I already had these folders that I shared with David and then discovering this archive by Evans while it was on the West Coast in Sarasota. Um, 
And of course, David being the expert on Evans that he is, uh, had all this in-depth knowledge of some jams that I was never aware of, such as the paintings um, that barely anybody has seen, especially in person. So it, it was all of these discoveries. And um, I love your metaphor, um, Sib, the crystal ball. Um, it felt like that when I was traveling throughout Florida. So I decided to to give it a, a deeper um, look. Um, drove out to the border with Alabama. I was on the Forgotten Coast, Central Florida. Of course, Miami being the bubble that it is, is not really representative of the state. Um, so I felt like I was doing it injustice if I were to present Miami as uh, sort of the main um, chapter. Yeah. Oh, I, I also remember Anna. You you had you had seen uh, an exhibition of the, the the very little known work that Bernice Abbott made on a road trip from uh, down Route One, the old Route One from Maine to Miami, um, and that it's interesting because there's not that many. That was done in the fifties, and there's not many well-known um, kind of road trip projects by women. Inga Marath might be an, uh, might be an interesting exception, um, and I know that slightly inspired the idea of um, the road trip. Um, Absolutely, it did. That was the first exhibition I saw when I moved to Miami. It was at the Wolfsonian in Miami Beach. And it was a compact, sort of an intimate show on um, this dark space. And there was this great um, documentary um, on her work. And then, yeah, it really got me thinking. And it was in parallel with the flood zone. And both projects require um, location work and lots of walking. And, yeah, it got me thinking how I was always working with the images. It was lens-based practice, but it was primarily out of my studio. Um, and I thought how some uh, things have shifted towards this um, this analytical um, regurgitation in a way of the archive, um, the existing archive in the larger sense of that word. So we're dealing with, you know, recom recomposing the archive, recontextualizing the archive, and then I wanted to question, well, who created the archive? And then, of course, it's the, the usual suspects that created the archive. And I thought how few women are contributing to this lot, you know, this big pool of contemporary um, records of time, right? As if the records of contemporary of, of this moment. Mm -hmm. um, and so as somebody who I thought perhaps comes from the lineage of Maybe the pictures generation, in a sense, it's like this postmodernist take on photography. Um, this was a major shift for me. So this, but the the impetus was very much in generating this new archive and capturing time and place um, from, I guess, a female perspective, inevitably. Right? <laughs> walking those public spaces and then road trip photography um, as a genre, you know, the quintessential American road trip photography um, largely emits women. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting because um, I know that you refer to some of that uh, very specifically in the essay and certainly I did in wanting to bring that up. 
Um, but it's really fun to have that be the frame coming out of the gate. It almost sounds as if you were um, not only inspired, but a bit determined to change the landscape of the road trip and insert a female vision, mm-hmm. um, which is actually really wonderful. And if you are thinking about that, that that Bernice Abbott's was in the 50s of the 1900s, and I forget when um, Agar Marath's was... Uh, that's around the wasn't it just a, yeah because wasn't there there's a 50th anniversary redo of that with a group of women um we'll put that in our resources um that was slightly like Bernie Abbott and she's going the Ingmarath one is interesting because she's a writer as well mm-hmm. she's going from New York to Reno to the to photograph on the set of the misfits so if anyone knows the date of the misfits that will tell us the date of the project but i think it's like 59 60 so it's a little bit after bernie sabbaths but interestingly with both of those projects they they didn't really come to light until too much they're not seeing you exactly um could you mute everyone um but that's interesting uh that point david that well, we're only talking about two. Um, they also weren't widely seen until yeah. recently. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I was going to ask, I'm just going to move from this image um, of, the, of the opening of the book um, to ask about the essay and where that decision came in to incorporate um, Lauren Groff's essay, The Mirror Venus, because it's like diving into a pool, right? It's just, I love that you have the Walker Evans image of water, which we will get into this, but purposely you did not let us know who shot what. And I for sure thought, okay, that's you, Anna. And then, yep, nope, I was wrong. And it's like from the forties or something. But anyway, that you give us this like wash of a double page spread of water. And then you have us go into that short story that just like, Booms. That's yeah. incredible. So how'd that come together? Well, um, yeah. go on and on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Lauren Groff's um, assembly of uh, short stories uh, with the eponymous title Florida. Uh, oh, I didn't know me on several of those road trips. So that was a continuous source of inspiration. The way... Um, Lauren writes, it it just does magic to your imagination. That language, you know, the the Florida Gothic is really yeah. <laughs> uh, blossoms there. And um it turns out actually uh Lauren Groff studied photography, so she was an image maker and Evans was her favorite photographer and was her inspiration <laughs> in photography. But that I did not know, um, and I wasn't the user of um, Twitter up until I decided to get a hold of Lauren. Yes, <laughs> I couldn't reach her through her agent, um, but I found her in Twitter, and I found out that she actually tweeted about my work months prior. So somehow it all aligned, and I found her there, and I think I messaged her there. 
um, the best I could. And we met up. He, she lives in, in Central Florida. So I drove out there and uh, completely just trembling and infatuated fan um, got to meet with her. And somehow <laughs> she... Right. I remember, you know, like, like <laughs> I think all great artists have a kind of, a writers too, maybe, have a kind of imposter syndrome. And uh, we both read Lauren Groff's short stories and, you know, Anna said, oh God, it would be amazing. Uh, but that's never going to happen. And I, and I said, yes, it is. You have a very similar sensibility. Does it, you, somehow you're going to have to track down Lauren uh, Groff and you're going to have to go see her. It's not, it's not going to be a phone call. It's not going to be an email exchange. I remember being quite insistent. But I think that's, I think in a way that's part of the role of the, the editor to make sure that, the, you know, the great ideas that you have within the course of a project actually materialize so I, I have i have to be the one saying yes this can happen this can happen um i'm glad it did and uh, uh lauren's amazing so so lauren's story is is it yeah it's at the beginning there's, there's a couple of images that are kind of prelude um and then i guess partly because i i know evans's work and now anna's work so well but also it's just it's just a kind of fantastic story to tell about the the two of them and the overlaps between them and the, and the way that their work stands in relation to a kind of documentary practice, but it's not, it's much more reflexive than that. And also um, you don't often see a book that brings together uh, a contemporary photographer and a figure from the past, a historical figure from the past. I find in photography that it's, it's either, it's the same in publishing as it is in exhibitions. It tends to be either either contempor contemporary photography or historical. Um, but it seemed clear to me that there were there were so many resonances between the two of them. It also, it allowed us to call the book Florida's because if we if we just called it Florida, it would have it would have sounded too definitive, and then people would have been very critical. But as soon as you pluralize it it's quite clear that these are two photographers takes on a place and you know with all the differences and similarities and um different kind of historical moments i mean when you speak about resonance i wrote kismet down because as you were describing how i think there are so many um layers of resonance between um you discovering Anna, that uh, there were the the paintings um, by Walker Evans, and that you yourself were trained as a painter as well as use some paint uh, application yourself. So that kind of correlation, and then this idea that um, the 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 similarities between you and Lauren in terms of your uh, there's a I don't know how to describe it. It's a parsimoniousness. Um, I don't possess it. <laughs> I really love it when I see it, but it's so um, sharp. And I would really see a correlation between the very descriptive writing is very much like your 
image making. Like she composes, like you compose and you kind of go like, whoa, wait, what? And you, it's, I literally, when I was reading it um, and I read it more than once, was writing some of the sentences down. And I was thinking of, of, of like sharing them in this, in this. And I'm like, okay, we have to focus on the book, but they're just, they're incredibly visual, right? And, and you just both bounce back and forth. Um, of course, I thought that the main thing that you both, that's why I kept referring to the book as a romp and playful. Um, I'm trying to picture all of you in a room together doing this because there's so much material um, on mm -hmm. both sides. And then there's so many correlations. So did you, or I should say, how did you structure a, a, a sequence framework? What are some of the places you are coming from? Well, um, that's, that's tricky. This, this is the most complicated edit and sequence I've done. Well, complicated to make it look really elegant and simple and to have that kind of parsimony. Thank you. Well, it, well, it looks kind, it looks kind of effortless. Um, and that, um, you can, well, it's interesting that you mentioned that the, you, we don't state on the page, um, who the image is by, because there are color photographs by Evans. Um, there are, there, there are images by Anna that you could easily mistake for in being in Evans's idiom. Let's, let's put it that way. It's not a mistake for an Evans picture. Um, but that actually comes from Evans himself because every time he, he did a photographic book or a sequence for a book, um, he always kept the, the titles to the back. So he, he would let the visuals do the work. And then the titles were there as a kind of reference. Um, and I think that's brilliant about Evans. You know, he's, he, he won't allow the, he won't allow a title or a caption to become the script for the looking, you know, if he wants you to first, and then if you need to, to refer to a, a text afterwards. So that as a model allowed us to keep the, <laughs> keep the list of plates at the back. And mm -hmm. it, yes, there is a little bit of a game here and there where you can't quite tell which image is by who for sure. Well, we might see that when we, when we come to a. Yeah. It was, just, just to say, in case you hadn't noticed that the one on the left there is by Evans. <laughs> so agreed. And one of the things is. I'm the the way that we open this presentation visually is very much the beginning sequence of the book because I wanted to like give that flavor. Um, I stopped. I I got up to six times when I was not right in thinking who made what image, um, and and I did and I wrote down which ones. Um, and believe me, that was really really interesting. Really. Hey. And it's just interesting that, you know, Evans died in, in 75, you know, mm -hmm. it's nearly 50 years ago. Yes. Yes. It was, that was really interesting to me. So let me go through the, um, the very beginning sequence because we, this is um, in the book, but also chosen as the cover of the book. And it's also the, 
um, really amazing way that I was given the information about the road trip from a female perspective being a part of the project. So that was like really amazing to me. It was the cover of the book. It's this, this shadow selfie of you, Anna. And then David, that's where you speak in the, in the essay about the hard earned work Mm. of doing this kind of photography. Yeah. There's a great quote. I think I might have it at the end of my notes because I love exactly everything you said about it. Do you, if you get there first, do you want to read it? Uh, I know where it is. Yeah. I mean, it came out of, I mean, Anna can speak to this because she's the photographer, but it's, it certainly came out of the fact that uh, Anna doesn't make, apart from images like this, which are quite rare, she doesn't, she doesn't make emphatically gendered work. That's what you're saying. Yep. But, it, but by the way, um, if you, if you, interesting that, you know, gender and female, and then yet yeah, this is, this was also my homage to Friedlander. Mm-hmm. Um, images. Mm-hmm. Notice how it's the wig on the ground that creates the gender, which I loved that play because that if shadow itself has zero gender, you know, it could be, it's very ambiguous and it's mm-hmm. the wig that was left behind with dirt uh, that it's almost like a it's like a Cindy Sherman <laughs> yeah 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 yes. right because I'm trying on the wig and then there's the yeah. de- decomposing decomposing what, what's the word decomposting uh podium <laughs> cell phone that's that's also in that dirt yeah. on the left person yeah. the little camera um yeah, so the actual, you know, the gender of the photographer is entirely ambiguous. And then, of course, while I was on those road trips, I also had Evans's um, many biographies with me. And um, gender, you know, it's quite, could be, that could be interrogated. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. yeah. Here's, the, uh, here's, here's the part of the text where I talk about it. Okay, great. Thanks. Anna, it's interesting you mentioned Friedlander because, anyway... Um, from time to time, Walker Evans visited his sister on Anna Maria Island off Florida's West Coast. There in 1968, he made a number of striking photographs in which he allowed his shadow to fall into the foreground. Sib, can you go back to that one? Yep. Yeah, there we go. Um, across also his on career, the back cover. Yes. Across his career, he made... Um, he made many images in bright overhead sun and his shadow often crept into the bottom of the frame, but he would crop it out when printing to keep the selfless illusion of what he called the documentary style. Even so, a photographer is always present in the world and by the late 60s, many image makers were embracing and affirming this fact. So this image is from 68. Um, A shadow can be a compositional device and an indirect record of one's existence and not quite self-portrait. Evans's shadow pictures are similar to the ones being made at the time by his young friend, Lee Friedlander. Uh, with a nod to them both, Samoylova made her own shadow self-portrait when she came across a discarded wig on the scrub ground. Uh, half Medusa, half Vanitas, it's a bold addition to what has now become something of a subgenre in photography. It also feels like a confidently feminine feminist gesture. Now, my wording here was run past Anna, just so that she approved of it. <laughs> Far be it for me to speak on these issues over the photographer. Uh, 
Exploring alone, Samoylova is always having to watch her back, but only rarely does she catch her shadow or reflection with her camera. Moreover, she consciously makes images that are ungendered outside the easy binaries that might assume there are masculine quote and feminine quote ways of seeing and photographing. This stance is hard won and takes vigilance, especially in a photographic art culture that still prefers women photographers to be making work explicitly about their gendered identity, identity or experience. Ooh, yeah. I'm glad you did that drop of, it was like a mic drop because that is, it is really an amazing paragraph. Like, thank you. Thank you for making that all frame. It just came out like the edit of the book. It's not, it's not really, it's not really my opinion or anything like that. It's just to do with trying to come to know the work and its forces as, as best you can really. Well, it goes back to what I was saying about your ability, which is a bit of a wizardry, to look at something from so many different perspectives. So you're all grounded in the image, but it just takes on this amazing <laughs> road trip itself. Um, I was thinking about research, and Anna, I love that you've told us some of the things that you were reading and how you got into the archive. Um, I'd love for you to share any other areas that that got sparked by this for you. How research plays in your creative practice. Um, I think it's a mix. There's an inspiration, there's research. So Lauren Groff being my uh my fiction companion, and then some some of the images uh, were revisitations from um, the sites that Evans photographed. Um, then on the last year, I was shooting um, Svetlana Alper's brilliant book, uh, biography on Walker Evans came out. Um, so that was um, yet another accompaniment to one of those road trips um, on the Forgotten Coast. And that the, the way that, she delves into his compositions it was inevitably you know artists photographers were influenced by things outside of photography too right um and so her, her descriptions um made me reflect and i think it led to um perhaps some of the channeling and the way i framed those images um this one is taken of Vizcaya, actually mm -hmm. i know yeah <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, the bridge, the contemporary bridge in the background to the right, and then the original bridge, um, the decorative one in the foreground on the left, um, kind of mimic the shape uh, of each other. And then the semi-destroyed barge uh, after a hurricane in 2017 that propelled my floodzone project. Um, the state that... Um, the property is in has not improved much since then so it, it, there's all these layers of um turmoil and then in the background of course the famous uh port miami so the major hub um right and all of that you can see how low that land uh, lies mm. absolutely i'm um, i did the photo shoot that i mentioned uh 
previous to this, obviously, and um, and and learned that there was a lot of damage there. But uh, why I brought up my own images of Florida were so sparked in the book, like over and over. But those truly were my some of my very first memories. But it was really interesting to see that. And you mentioned uh, earlier, Anna, that some of this was also working out some of the um, ways that you felt about Florida. And I don't know if you want to uh, open that up or, or, or say more about yeah. that. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was just um, thinking about that today. You know, it was even as the foreigner, when I moved to the United States in, what was it, 20, 2008? Um, I was already aware, you know, I've not visited prior to moving and didn't know that I would be moving for good. I moved for graduate school temporarily and then stayed for a number of reasons. Um, but interestingly, already there's sort of this folklore about Florida and the stigma and stereotypes and all the jokes, right? And then how was I aware? Um, right, so it travels far. And then with that kind of preconceived notion of what that place is I traveled there and scoped it out and then moving there felt like um I need to do it justice you know and having discovered this incredible community of hard-working dedicated and um, international artists and institutions um and yet acknowledging um its contradictions and uh, its conflicted um, sort of values at times. And then Florida refers not only to mine and Evans's, uh, as well as Groff's and even David Campany's Florida, but also Florida's within, you know, you could always divide it into several states. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're not always in dialogue with each other. So having traveled through some areas in central Florida that feel so isolated and a bit of like a, a bubble within um, those communities that are quite large, you know, this is vast stretches of, of land um, that sees basically no infiltration from the outside world in terms of the media you know and the kind of billboards you see and the messages there um so it can be quite insular at times um so that's why i wanted to 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 expand my geography and yet i remain very sensitive to where i was going and how i'm portraying those places um being based where i am which is in miami so interesting that as i listen to you describe that it sounds like um, Florida could also stand in as a microcosm of the larger United States, <laughs> that you have some very different territories on either coast and something in the middle and who's talking to whom or who even, you know, relates. Um, that's so interesting. And it didn't, uh, it was something that I was thinking of because both of you are non-American uh, and, and, and both how that influences or affects. I, I just find it interesting to think um, 
of that impact, right? Mm -hmm. As as both of you. I mean, when, when it was really funny when I was trying to describe to you Florida for me, um, I literally was writing it down like it was like as it was like cornflakes. I mean, it was just part of what you grew up with here. Like we had our own mythology. So it's interesting. And anyway, I wondered how that played out, but what what you've just described is what what I think you were talking about, David, this whole idea of Florida is the veil and the veiled. Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, Nietzsche, let's bring up Friedrich Nietzsche. Nietzsche said, uh, um, an artist need have no point of view necessarily. It's interesting that today it's, it seems to be expected that an artist is going to have to have a point of view you know, a stance. It's difficult to say that the, the best art or the most interesting art comes out of, of having a stance. Cause I, I think there's something in photography that makes it a very interesting medium for mixed feelings. Yeah, it, actually, sorry. I, it's, it's interesting that mm -hmm. I talked about the mixed feelings. I've looked at Evans's work for years and I'm, I don't actually know what he really thinks about what he's photographing, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. And he's giving me something to think about. And I think Anna's work is the same. She doesn't, she doesn't force a particular reading on any of it. It's, it's not, uh, it's not being kind of mystical for the sake of it. I think they, I think they both take images the moment where things might look visually compelling, but the implications of it are very mixed. Yeah. And I, I think Evans managed to pick up on that, um, in Europe, actually, he was, uh, he came as a kind of, you know, an American in Paris in 26, 27, 1926, 27 at the height of you know, kind of literary modernism. And he wanted to be a writer at that point. And he's reading Eliot and Baudelaire and Flaubert and James Joyce. And uh, it's interesting you mentioned that Evan said photography was one of the most literary. And it's, and I think Evans is at, at once the most kind of American of American photographers because of his iconography. Um, but there's a very European sensibility to him too. And, uh, that makes a nonsense of the kind of divide between insider and outsider. Uh, and I, I know that Anna thinks of herself as an insider and an outsider at, at the same time. And I think that that's a, that's a really interesting position to be in as a photographer. You're not, you're not a complete newbie to the situation, but neither are you so familiar with it that you can't see it anymore. Um, yeah, well, I think that that's very much <clears throat> what I was referring to as the three of you all offering portals, that the portals are just, it's comical because we just noticed that you both have those circles in your spaces, uh, David and Anna, and it's like you both offer these portals. It's, it's, and I mean, I think because I was looking at the work mm. and researching the, it, it just 
happened again and again, how there's so many entry points. Yeah. But this, like the compilation that we have here between Evans's painting and your photograph. Well, how can you not pair those two? It's just a joy. It's just a joy putting two pictures like that together. And that alligator. The thing is, though, that I kept thinking, how did you do this in terms of the amount of layers that you could bring to the sequencing? Like this is this is aesthetic as well as uh, witty and the palettes look like the two of you were in the same room sharing an artist residency. So wow. it's like it's just this compelling kind of like that must have happened often. I mean, it does. And I have other examples of it. I think yeah. it's. um coming up when we well this is all of you mm -hmm. and this facade and that idea of the curtain the facade the veil the illusion um and then of course here between the chain link fence on one side and the reflection of the grid of the high rise you know so i see when you're riffing visually yeah but there's also all these others at the same time yeah you can't just riff visually the, 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 there's, there's, there's got to be a number of different layers happening well there were this was the one that I wanted to point out because I think there's um, 80 years between these shots oh wow yeah that's yeah yeah and Anna's never Anna's never shooting an image to go with an Evans picture that would be true. right mm-hmm Mm. Or to go with another image, you know, because they don't come into photography from reportage. Mm -hmm. So sequences, I'm not native to a sequence. And that's why I think the collaboration is also so productive because David gets carte blanche <laughs> on the full sequence. And then um, there's this like back and forth. But for the most part, you know, what kind of narrative this forms? Remember um, when I just began showing the proposal of this book to some trusted um, colleagues. Mm -hmm. There was one who said, well, you know, and of course he's such a monolithical figure, Evans. And she said, well, what's your argument? And then I realized that, uh, that there's no argument to be made in this case. It's this portrait of a place throughout time and there are multiple authors. And then someone asked, well, what's real, who's the real author? And maybe it's a bit grandiose, but I'd like to think that Florida is the author, you know, and this is a very individual um, take by each one of us and leaving the meaning open is of utmost importance to me, you know, and you said, I'm actually American as of last year. So uh, there's no going back to where I came from. And um, there's certainly uh, um, an tremendous appreciation of freedom of speech and expression in this case this very concerted effort um my entire life to um enable that throughout my work as well and so mm. not to be and should say the the evans image on the right there this kind of slightly melancholy <laughs> tree it, it appears in this very very little known book um which is called The Mangrove Coast by Craig right. Hitchell, mm -hmm. who was, he was a kind of retired newspaper man um, who settled on the West Coast um, near Sarasota. And e Evans was um, 
commissioned to make a, a series of pictures. Uh, but then as often with Evans's work or writer's books, you know, particularly um, that's now praise famous men uh, and also an earlier book called The Crime of Cuba, um, the pictures are their own kind of unique sequence at the back of the book, 32 of them. So they don't, they don't illustrate anything. They are a kind of, they're like a parallel track. And uh, there's nothing, there's a kind of unease in these pictures. Uh, people either look slightly bored or um, things are, are looking a little kind of distraught. Um, so they're not glorious pictures of nature. Um, great. Kind of pairing here, mm -hmm. and um, I don't think the publisher was particularly happy because <laughs> in the subsequent editions, Evans's sequence was removed. That uh, um, he managed to get done what he wanted to do, uh, but it, it makes it uh, perhaps his least known body of of, of published work. Um, but I did see something of that uh, sensibility in in Anna's early early pictures it's it's very easy to make you know spectacular gorgeous pictures in florida um that is that is the trap that's just waiting for any or the lure that's waiting for any photographer um, so there's something kind of circumspect about the pair of them i think that was uh, made it a pretty natural fit in some ways um there's there are so many ways to um, to think and look. I put these two together and um, love the idea that if you're looking into the garage on the left, there's Mona Lisa, there's framed photographs, um, and I and just this is what's the. Thank you for giving me the word parsimonious because this is what I mean. This is Anna's image, and. You've got frames within a frame, the door of the garage, the door leading out of the garage, just the way, you know, your architectural brain thinking vision comes through. But then just the layers, uh, the the vintage car, how crisp and that you've got grass and then you've got the high rise. It you I remember listening to you describe things and that you love the ability of photography to flatten space um and you really see it um and then in the image on the right where there is the um it's the uh rental i can't see it because of my own yeah it's a rental space and uh, this is 2019 and this is no longer there miami is undergoing yet another boom um of development and really gentrification so it's one of those neighborhoods that's um, that's going to be all white facades, buildings. Mm. Yeah. So this glorious Egglestonian red is gone. Mm -hmm. And the text, which really echoes back to the type of text that Evans also yeah. captured. Um, I wanted. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, just to say, what's always really amazed me about Anna's pictures is is not. It's not just the flattening; it's the it's the fact that there's uh, there's not a wasted inch. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's and, and 
So the eye is going everywhere, and, and that means that the eye is is reading things. You know, is it, kind of re- reading. You're encouraged encouraged to read the pictures as well as sort of appreciate them. Okay, well, what uh, what does it mean that um, the grass is just in that section on the left of the picture, and the high rise on the background, and the Mona Lisa on the wall? Uh, and there's no there's no spare uh, anywhere at all. You know, there's, and there's hardly a, a horizon in any of Anna's pictures. Um, I don't know quite how she does it, but it's clear that the world is occurring to her as a surface that has to be, has to be deciphered somehow. That, that's a very Evans thing. Um, and Evans would often um, compose later. So he would, he would often frame much wider than the, the final image. Uh, if you ever get to see, you know, his full frames, um, you can tell that he's thinking the composition is in there. And, and that's because he's, which is not something that Anna does, but Evans's pictures um, come up in lots of different ratios and proportions. Um, and that's because he tends to be cropping around the subject. And if he happens to be a tall, thin subject, you'll end up with a tall, thin image. If it's a square subject, you'll get a, you get a square one. Um, uh, I, I actually think Anna is, is, is much uh, richer and more playful, and she can compose in camera. Although, interestingly, Anna, you, you shoot on a digital SLR that's naturally three by two, and your final images are four by five, aren't they? Yeah, I find them too long. They're a disproportion for me. Yeah, this the two three is really not working. Um, but they were yeah, yeah, they're tight compositions, and I try to frame all in camera. There's very little cropping because I'm very aware of the technical limitations of the digital. And the, I'm very much a printmaker, so print um, at full scale, and they're fairly large size prints are important for me. So I try to frame it all in the camera. If it didn't work there, um, I remember there were some creative decisions that were mutual where David would only want to keep half of the photograph. I did that a little more in, uh, in flood zone. Yes, because after that, I knew that that might happen. So <laughs> just yeah, I should also say that with all of those details that you pointed out there, Sid, um, it, it's it's a pleasure to make a book with um, Steidel, you know, because he's a master printer, and you 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 know that all of those details are going to be there in the final page. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, th- I think I think we both learned a lot from how good the flood zone book, this one, mm-hmm. turned out. It was also Steidel. So it, so it meant that photographs, which are actually quite complex and nuanced, particularly these two, um, they weren't going to get lost or reduced in a kind of gloopy reproduction on the page. They would be there in all of their, you know, nuance and splendor mm, and crispness yeah um this is the uh the image that that sparked lauren um for her essay and uh what you had reflected on it 
Anna, mm. that brought in this idea of commerce, um, materialism. Uh, I know that in li- or l- thinking on Evans, he thought of color as um, sometimes vulgar, but also related to commerce, like yeah. advertising yeah. Um, and how that was used. These were just incredible uh, juxtapositions. I don't believe that I included the image, but I did want to raise the image, raise the question um, that you took the photograph of the home of Marjorie Stoneham Douglas. And uh, I was curious about the etiology of that, if that was, um, that if that came into your research or, or how. And um, as I dove into that, knowing her history as a suffragist, a climate activist, someone who was actually a best-selling author on the Everglades. Um, She did live to 108, I discovered, which is incredible. Um, And it's her name uh, that's the namesake to the high school in Parkland that had the shooting uh, that killed 17 people. And also in the investigating, that was in 2018 and Nicholas Cruz uh, pleaded guilty, but he has yet to be sentenced which is supposed to happen in June. Um, but anyway, I was, I was taken with that photograph and it's one of the only ones where um, there's the movement of um, blossoms falling off of a tree, I believe. And so I was really curious. So of course I had to go to the back and figure it out. And then I'm looking her up. So can you tell us how that came into being? Um. So interesting that you found that photograph and you looked it up. Thank you for that. That um, uh, all right, books. <laughs> I, I, I told you, I I I don't know how many times I've been in your book, but I'm going to be in it a lot more. It's every time is something else. It's there's there's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. The layers yeah. within. You know, every image has a story, and if you just look it up. If you just spend some time, there's a lot that there, there's a lot that can um, unravel from it. So all of these layers certainly played a role, um, and um, uh, it was a site of pilgrimage for me. Mm-hmm. The house itself is closed now, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure you've you've found the information that actually many important meetings took place in that house. So that was mm-hmm. so it's such a you know it's a site of pride for the state and it's um as it tends to be in florida it's in this state of neglect right now mm-hmm. and what you brought for blossoms which is actually how i focus on them and then again this ambiguous sort of cloud of the small particles mm-hmm. in uh, in the side light of the low sun and the, the house itself uh it's very it's a you know, it was too pretty to photograph. It's lovely, uh, the traditional um, building, and uh, it's it's out of focus. So my focus is actually very shallow. It's focused on, and they they were flies. So there were these summer flies um, that were just fluttering all over, and it was a huge cloud of them. And in fact, I couldn't get too close to them because they were all over. It was kind of like my favorite quote. One of them. Um, from Lauren Groff is in Florida you feel like 
everything is out there to kill you. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, this incredible heat. And I actually had to pull up in my car and open the window a little bit to get that shot because otherwise they would have been all over <laughs> and they did get into my car. Um, but the feelings um, of, you know, both appreciation of, of this figure and then of course the awareness of what happens in school um that is titled after her and there are several references to um just the the accessibility of guns and yes yeah gun tattoos so there it's definitely a thread throughout and that was mm-hmm. part of the why um why i visited the site and mm-hmm. it was a site of pilgrimage for me Mm-hmm. Um, and as a as a mother, of course, you know those were very scary, dark days. The school was not too far from um, where we live uh, with my young son, you know, and so it was very. The news was was very triggering, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, and I did pick up on the uh, the theme of the guns with the tattoos, and again, one of the other reasons where I'm saying. Um, David has this prismatic ability to look at things. And obviously you layered this book with a lot of that too, Anna, and I could feel it. I mean, it was coming from, from so many different places. Um, I wanted to um, go through a couple of the sequences and give you, I thought this was really interesting here where we're looking at Evans on the left, so painterly and your revisitation on the right and seeing I mean, you can tell the story of the same book, uh, Boatmaker. Yeah, yeah, it's the same family, Ribovich Boat Works in Palm Beach. When I, uh, visitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, quite a few years ago, I did a book about Walker Evans's work for magazines. And he worked for Fortune for a number of years. And uh, one of his, one of his last photo essays and he used to he used to set his own assignments go shoot write do the editing do the layout everything one of the last ones was to this boatyard uh, Ribovich boat hill mm-hmm. uh, I, I looked it up and I and I, I I sent Anna the spreads from Fortune which were like 1960 or something and said look the Ribovich yard still exists maybe, maybe go along and when she had a moment she did and uh, she, she texted me a picture of the of the office of the boatyard, and I could see there was an Evans picture on the wall behind. That you know, and uh, well, you can pick up the story from here, Anna. I think it's a yeah, it's, it's fascinating, fascinating, you know, and it's still very much owned by the same family. And Evans was ambivalent about the whole um, experience back then, and he left them. Uh, uh, his B-rolls, so the, the images that he didn't keep, they have an entire suitcase of the images by him um, that were non-keepers. And then um, I, I, I think he would have loved it now because it's one of those last remaining um, enclaves, you know, it's, it's American dream and the small family-owned business still within the same family and it's the son. So this is the son of the it's the grandson of the man that Evans photographed, uh, just Pop Ribovich. Um, and they've never owned a boat. 
So the family is just, they just got, so the boat that he's standing in front of was the first boat that he gone. God. And it was just the sweetest story, you know, it's like the great American dream. And so I wanted to show that, you know, almost sentimental. And I, it's rare for me to make a portrait, especially mm -hmm. in the primary portraits in the classical. Yeah. That. But it, I felt like it, um, the story kind of deserved that level. Absolutely. I think I have the second, which, yeah. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it's about this. Evans never really liked anything that was completely contemporary. Uh, mm. uh, he, he liked how things endured over time and, and were contemporary in the sense that they had survived. And it might be a building or, or it might be a person or it might be, it might be like a style of making things. At the time in 1960, the, the boats, the Ribovich family boats were mm -hmm. kind of state of the art um but actually their designs have not changed they they they've endured i mean they have the latest technology in them but they've um and they don't look retro or anything like that but they 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 just haven't changed you know like the way a shark hasn't changed for hundreds hundreds of millions of years it's got no need to um and so i think evans would have liked Anna's pictures, and he would have liked the fact that those boat designs are kind of st still around. There's a great line that I found in another magazine piece of his where he said, um, uh, design just a little dated will interest any artist. Design current is always terrible. Anyone who's tried to find a good contemporary lamp or clock will know what I mean. But of course, the good contemporary lamp or clock that he doesn't like he he would like later on if it had endured you know so he doesn't it's not it's not a taste thing it's the it's the newness the brand newness of it that he doesn't quite like he likes things with a little patina and that have kind of proven themselves a little bit mm. he'd, he'd like to shop at the moma gift shop <laughs> right kind of classic modern design yeah yeah, yeah. so that, that's 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 an Ev Evans picture on the right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At the same shipyard. And I love this um, because this is you, David, describing the way that Anna and Walker shoot together. It's a photography that stares grounded and unflinching. And I was amazed um, because this is what I, I could not. Every time I picked up the book and found something new, I couldn't keep changing the PDF to reflect it. Um, but when you have the mural painter and on his um, on his shirt, um, you basically get the graphic of his shirt that says something like "I'm a good person" or "Be a good person," um, or where you saw the um, upside down flag. Oh, his yeah, his his T-shirt does say "Be a good person," and then you saw the upside down. Yeah, so on his shirt in this picture that for a second makes you think it's older because of the graphics somewhat. Then you see that face and you're like, okay, they would not be painting that mural today. And then you see his actual shirt. And that's what I mean where it's like, okay, I don't understand how you do that. I don't understand. I like that level of observation, the upside down flag in front of the observatory. And you also made me learn a lot. I loved the title, um, efflorescence, 
which I just thought, ooh, what a what a lovely word. Let me look that up and then find out it's the salt residue after water evaporates. It it it's like you're watching it in Florida because it also has to do with poor construction practices. And so I thought that was another twist where this really beautiful image that was in one of my iterations of the PDF, but isn't here, was that it was beautiful. And it seems like this abstraction, and then it's actually a decay process. Um, and it's the water kind of winning. So um, I just learned a lot. I know I always end up, yeah, yeah, you gave us lots of rabbit holes, both of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I appreciate both of you have very busy schedules so taking the time for this kind of discussion I really appreciate and Anna yeah and uh, thank you likewise it's an honor and Anna I wanted you to um be let us know because you are being simultaneously shown in several places and you're also um about to be involved with Photo London, um, how you're taking this image cities to other cities. So could you give us just a broad brush? Oh, yes, a brief account. So sure. the work, that, um, all the prints that I make myself, most of them, you can see in a couple locations right now, I still have an exhibition at the History of Miami Museum um, in Miami, so this is a big flood zone exhibition, um, 47 large prints and murals um, and the images from their own collection. And that's until June 19th. So there's quite mm -hmm. some time. And then there is an exhibition at the Chrysler Museum of Art in Norfolk, also a flood zone, um, slightly different selection. Um, there's the flood zone exhibition in London currently at the Photographer's Gallery for the um, uh, Deutsche Börse uh, Photography Foundation Prize. So I'm on one of the four shows um, in that space. And then um, at Photo London next week, we are showing um, the Florida's work with my Frankfurt Gallery. So I'm very excited to premiere some of those prints. It's interesting how Florida is so popular <laughs> in Europe. Mm. Mm. Um, so hopefully at some point I'll get to show it in, somewhere in the States too. Yeah, um, but where it's the flood zone in Florida, um, and then oh, and then the exhibition of those tableaus in Japanese right now in Gallery Kennelhofer, also until June, and also the Image Cities at APAD in New York. Yes, the Image Cities premiering in APAD in New York, big reveal. So mm -hmm. six prints. Um, I had to get permission, and because the project is. It's going to be published and it's exhibited institutionally next year. Um, but I'm premiering those uh, six prints of New York City in New York at APAD. I can't wait. That's really, really exciting. And um, I'll be signing the Florida's book in New York and in Finland. And I'll be bringing my Florida's book back to New York with me when I come back in 10 days or whenever I'm coming back. Um, that's wonderful. And it, I do have to say that um, I thought, again, with this kismet and the kind of circular things, uh, it made me think of Santa Barbara, right? And uh, the Russian mythology and Diana's work. And it's just interesting, like how these things just keep rippling out. But yeah, there's a lot with Florida. But good for you in terms of being 
presented and circulated in the world, you're doing a wonderful job. It's really exciting. And uh, now that I know the etiology, thank you for um, making a, a road trip as a woman and making that uh, a frame. Thank you and so thank much. you. Yeah. And thank you, David. It's like, oh. that's a, I, I, I literally wrote in my notes, booyah, when I read that with like exclamation points, we're going to come back to that. So it's really exciting. I'm glad you yeah. shared that piece. Sorry, it took a dude to write that, but there you go. <laughs> so I'm going to um, thank you all for spending the time. And um, I hope you both have a very uh, lovely photo, London, and uh, sign and sell lots of books. And I hope David, will you be coming to APAD? Yeah. Okay. I, oh, of course, because you have the, sorry, I didn't give you the platform, the photo book. I see. Oh, yeah. Well, the, um, while APAD is on the International Center of Photography, where I'm curator at large, uh, has a big uh, photo book festival. So photo books and publishers are taking over the space uh, May 20th, 21st. I'll be there for that. And then I stay on because I've curated the next big show and all big show at ICP, which is a huge retrospective of William Klein, uh, which runs earliest work is 1948 up to 2014 films, photographs, paintings. Oh my gosh. And then there's a 400 page book that goes, that goes with that, which was a kind of labor of love. And then there's another three books that I've written which are out this year so it's a bit of a bump bit of a bumper year well you're obviously coming back because I'll just keep reading everything that you put out but William Klein my gosh I I can't imagine between the space at ICP and his work what fun could be had that's going to be great it will be great yeah wow well, thank you, everyone. I really appreciate the time. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, David, and everyone who came. And thanks, Deb. Thanks. Bye. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review. Share this resource and subscribe. Consider joining our live online conversations and participating in our question and answer sessions with our guests. Registration for these free Zoom talks is on my website under Happening Now, Attend. Links on our episode notes take you to a video of this conversation with visual content. Your participation is essential. Thanks for being a part of our global conversation.